0: I have today's forecast for you.
1: Hot! If you've spent a summer in Louisiana, you know summers are like putting on a wet blanket and walking into a sauna. Now, imagine playing football in that. Add pads and a helmet, and you have a pretty miserable situation on your hands. That's what life was like in 1986 and 87 in Hammond, Louisiana, when the New Orleans Saints ventured 54 miles from their homes in their Crescent City. After Tom Benson purchased the team from the original owner, John Meekham Jr., in 1985, the team stayed in Louisiana to endure off-season football in the thick of summer. The Saints spent a year at Louisiana Tech in Ruston, Louisiana, before making the move to Southeastern University in Hammond, Louisiana.
0: Hot, 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 hot,
1: hot. Bobby Bear, or the Cajun Cannon, was with the Saints from 1985 to 1992 as the Black and Gold's quarterback. And even as a Louisiana native, he struggled with the heat.
0: I think from one practice, I went like from uh, 216 to 201, lost 15 pounds. In
1: 1987, the second year of head coach Jim Moore's tenure with the team, the Saints had the opportunity to travel to the University of Wisconsin-Platteville to hold a joint practice with the Chicago Bears.
0: And we go up there and it's, the weather's nice, you know, it's, it's warm, of course. It's summertime, but there's no humidity. The conditions where we where we were were great, and everything.
1: Following those three days of camp, Mora and General Manager Jim Finks decided a change needed to be made.
0: After that, I you know I, I talked to Jim Fink. I, I said, Hey, Jim, and he knows it. He was when he says, Yeah, we got to find a better place to practice and have our training camp and stuff.
1: Welcome to episode three of the Saints training camp podcast series. If you haven't already, go back and listen to the first two episodes that cover the Saints camps at Cal Western in 1967 and Dodger Town in 1974. Those episodes are available on iTunes, the Saints app, and neworleanssaintscom backslash audio. Today's episode will be a little different than the first two. Instead of one year, we'll be covering 11 years of Saints camp in La Crosse, Wisconsin, at the University of Wisconsin-La Crosse. Owner Tom Benson and head coach Jim Moore were in their third year with the Saints. General Manager Jim Finks was in his second, but the trio had developed rapport and success. In 1987, one year prior to the Saints going to La Crosse, the Saints had made the playoffs for the first time in franchise history. They went 12-3, and but fell to the Minnesota Vikings in the wild card round. The Saints, led by Mora, Bear, and the Dome Patrol, got a taste of success, but they wanted more of it. Though training camp in Hammond seemed to bring victory for the team, it didn't come without sacrifice.
0: The training room looked like a mass unit. Um, there were guys that were getting, um, intravenous IVs because they would fall out and and have, you know, full body cramps. Um, um, it was kind of funny during conditioning, uh, one trainer stayed at one end zone and the other trainer stayed at the other end zone because they knew that after every you know, every hundred yard sprint, somebody was going to fall out with cramps and they needed to, to be attended to.
1: Jim Dombrowski, an offensive lineman out of Virginia who spent 10 years with the team, had vivid memories after spending his first summer in the South. Management had decided it was time to move on from Hammond. The team could be more productive elsewhere.
0: I mean, I was ecstatic.
1: (laughs) A-Bear and company welcomed the news of the relocation. Not only was the weather better for the team, but the facilities were much better, which in turn yielded better camp performance.
0: I felt as though, production-wise, we was able to get a lot more done. Uh, we was able to get uh, consistent, better reps of guys really, uh, you know, mentally getting things accomplished.
1: Dalton Hilliard spent his eight-year career with the Black and Gold as a running back. And even though he was from Louisiana, he knew there's no adjusting to Louisiana heat. Dalton was a local from Patterson, Louisiana, and attended LSU. Dalton was the sixth player the Saints ever drafted out of Louisiana State University. But he wasn't the only running back the Saints drafted in 1986. The Saints were 19th in the league in rushing offense in 1985. And under the new direction of Jim Mora, that was about to change. Along with Dalton, the Saints selected a 5'11 back from Washington State, Reuben Mays. Mays and Hilliard arrived to the Saints at the same time, and though Mays set himself apart in his rookie season, rushing for 1,353 yards, leading the way for the Saints to climb their way to the fifth best rushing offense in the NFL, it was Hilliard who eventually set himself apart.
0: People don't realize I was um, somewhat injured. I wasn't a player I was, um, you know, my first year, my second year.
1: Externally, much of the attention of the team was on Hilliard and Mays in the 1988 camp to see which player, after both had battled their respective injuries, would emerge as the starting back. But internally, Hilliard saw it more as a brotherhood.
0: My relationship and our relationship uh, Ruben and myself was a friendly batter that made each other better, uh, competed. The relationship was strong as brothers. And uh, we communicated and helped and supported each other uh, due to injuries of our career.
1: Hilliard and Mays were up against some of the best defenders in the league. Do you know The Dome Patrol. The Dome Patrol consisted of linebackers Ricky Jackson, Vaughn Johnson, Sam Mills, and Pat Swilling. In their first year together in 1986, the Dome Patrol brought the Saints from the 22nd ranked defense in the NFL to the 7th. Ricky Jackson led the league in forced fumbles that year. It was six. Hilliard remembers going against the dome patrol day in and day out, year after year. Some people might shy away from that competition, but Dalton's favorite memory has to do with going against the dome patrol.
0: Uh, I had the pleasure uh, one day. Uh, my number was called to block Ricky Jackson one on one. Ricky and I started a develop a good relationship, you know, friendship sort of took care of me. But that day when my number was called to block Ricky, he told Jim Moore, he's not going to hit Dalton today. And I don't think Jim Moore liked that. You just can't tell your head coach, Hey, I'm not going to go against Dalton. And he didn't do it. So Ricky went to the back of the line and I had another linebacker come up and I had an easy day at practice.
1: After going against each other every day for countless reps, guys were tired of hitting the same players over and over. They were hungry for more. The Cheese League was the name given to the NFL teams who held their training camps in Minnesota and Wisconsin. The Packers started the Cheese League, followed by the Vikings, then the Bears in 1984 when they took their camp to UW-Platteville, shortly followed by the Saints in 1988, and eventually the Chiefs in 99, and for a short period of time, the Jaguars in 1995. The cheese League teams would often visit each other to host joint practices and scrimmages. Fans from all over would come to witness their hometown teams and get an early look at teams they might see that year.
0: I tell you what, the more we won though, the more people would have at
1: practice. New Orleans was slowly climbing their way out of the narrative of a losing franchise. Under the direction of Jim Mora, the Saints had not only made their first playoff appearance, but they had seven consecutive winning seasons four of which resulted in playoff appearances. Though the cheese league was probably a good idea at its inception, it eventually became more of a hassle than it was worth.
0: It seems like there were a lot lot more fights back then in practice than they do now. I don't know what, the Lions Lions did come to town one time to lacrosse, and I, I swear there was over two handfuls of fights. I mean, it got to the point the Lions coach, but him and Coach Mora, they always had them have a meeting, look, we're not getting any out of this, all, we, all we're doing is fighting.
1: Even with continued fights in the Cheese League, Mora knew his team accomplished more in Wisconsin than they would have in Louisiana.
0: Uh, he, the team could get just more in practice that are trying to survive, like I said, you're actually getting better.
1: The team kept up their winning record until 1994, when they went 7-9. and nine. Hebert, Jackson, Johnson, and Swilling had all gone on to different teams. Mora remained the head coach and Sam Mills was the only member of the Dome Patrol left on the roster, though he too left the following year. With the roster turnover and boiling frustration, the Saints decided to move on from Mora in 1996 and went on to make Mike Ditka the head coach. Ditka came from a Super Bowl winning Bears franchise and came to the Saints with a head of steam. Ditka kept the Saints in lacrosse throughout his time as a head coach. In 1999, after three losing seasons under Didka, the Saints moved on from him and lacrosse. Tom Benton hired Jim Haslett and moved training camp back to Louisiana in Nichols State. The team stayed in Louisiana for the next six years. In August of 2005, Katrina struck New Orleans, changing the course of history for New Orleans and its beloved football team forever.